0: Welcome into the Husker 24-7 podcast. I'm Mike Schaefer, joined by Michael Browns, Brian Christopherson here on Thursday morning. It has been a heck of a news week for Nebraska football for its 2021 roster. Guys, can you remember, and if you hear some noise in the background, Slider has picked exactly this moment to start drinking <laughs> water. Um, it, can you can you remember a, a week that has had this much news that didn't involve, like, you know, a head coaching change.
1: Slider hasn't. This is this, yeah. this is as yeah, much he's as going
0: far. for it right now. Like, this
1: is the water. third
0: time he's done this in the last four podcasts.
1: How big is his water bowl?
2: Yeah.
0: <laughs> <It's> pretty big. <laughs> it's it's a good size water bowl.
2: Yeah, like a yeah, like a horse trough in your kitchen?
0: Yes. That's actually where both of us drink from. It's economical. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like a, like a ladle just going in there. You know, we don't want to run the faucet and have the water run. So you just fill up with a trough and then you drink from it.
1: So quite, yeah. No, yeah Slider's see, co- never seen anything like it. And I've never seen it quite like this, just with straight roster news. Um, and I, But it was kind of expected because you mixing, you're mixing those senior day decisions like we've never seen before with the COVID thing with a transfer portal like we've never seen before because of the COVID thing. Um, and, and so you've got this cocktail that has worked together to, uh, produce, like it's, it's happening all over the country, but I think Nebraska might be in the forefront of how much is happening daily right now. Um, there's been a lot of good news if you take away the Wandale Robinson thing, but the Wandale Robinson thing is so big, it kind of, it kind of evens it all out. It feels like.
0: Yeah, I mean, that that one certainly casts a shadow over the excitement of the additions of Samari Toure, and then on Tuesday, Marquis Stepp, as well as the return of Deontay Williams and Markel Dismuke. And so uh, it, it, there's just been so much going on, but that Wandale Robinson news does seem, even though we're several days removed from it, it does seem to be sort of the shadow that that makes everything else kind of hard to get. Super excited about, but we'll try nonetheless. Brunts, we'll, we'll start with you on this. Marquis Stepp, obviously we don't know a ton. I, I can't profess to saying that I watched him at any point in 2020 because I think the only time I watched USC was USC Oregon and very, very little there. I guess I watched him beat UCLA late. But other than that, I don't recall Marquis Stepp. What, what were your thoughts when you kind of dived into Nebraska's addition six foot, 235 pound running back. Yeah. It's uh, in kind of talking to some people that cover USC for us on
2: the, on the West coast um, that they, they were saying that it's a big loss for them. I mean, you, he was very talented. Um, you know, I think the feeling of people out there was that his style of running and his size was almost a better fit for the big 10. Um, you know, USC is kind of running a air raid type offense. They chuck the ball all over the place. And, um, you know, I think step is a guy that can be an every down back for Nebraska, the, the biggest question mark with him has been his health. Um, he, he just hasn't been able to stay healthy with any kind of consistency. So if he can do that, I, I think he can be a, a pretty good stand in, um, and and productive back for Nebraska I mean he had offers from everybody out of high school was a long time Notre Dame commit ended up at USC so you know that this is a an important get for Nebraska Um, I'll be curious to see what his situation is with the potential waiver the immediate transfer eligibility or however that plays out but um, you know it's I think a really important get for them because and, and we'll get into the running back stuff later I think but there's not a lot there experience wise. So getting somebody that's kind of been through it at a place like USC, I think is really important.
0: I completely agree. I know that from talking with, with Chris Trevino, uh, he really liked Marquis step. I mean, he felt like the, the offense wasn't a great fit because they, they really, it's weird to say this, but USC essentially runs an air raid and, he just – he never felt like they were overly committed to getting step the ball outside of some short yardage situations. And that's actually a really important thing for Nebraska because I, I don't think – I've asked several people this, and I, I'll just – I'll go with you guys next. How many touchdowns do you think Dedrick Mills had in 2019?
1: 2019?
0: Yeah.
1: Oh, uh, I know I've written it, but I uh, – six. Brunson?
0: You have like three.
1: He had 10. Okay. Well, there you go.
0: (laughs) He had 13 in his career, and I'm willing to bet, and I I actually need to go look this up, but I'm willing to bet at least eight of the 13 came inside five yards or closer to the goal line. I mean, the majority of the time Dedrick Mills was scoring was Nebraska was inside the five-yard line, and they struggle to finish off drives. We know that already. And they struggle to score when they're in close. And so you lose Mills. And you you add in a guy in, in step at again, six foot two hundred and thirty-five pounds, short yardage back is is still a very important thing for this offense. And and they don't have another guy, I think, on their roster that can do it as capably as step. And it, it seems like that was a, a large portion of his role for USC over the last couple of years.
1: Well, what was Nebraska's best short yardage play? To me, it was always the quarterback, you know, and and honestly, they were pretty effective with it, but it also takes a beating on your QB and uh, also uh, opens up more opportunities for fumbles from your quarterback who um, obviously that's been an issue uh, when you look inside the stat. So yeah, I think you're right there that he he provides a very good uh, short yardage option while also not being the type of running back who wants to just be put into that box or that category. That's that. That's all he can do. And when you watch his tape, uh, he shows that he's more than that. I mean, there's there's some good film out there of him playing against teams like Notre Dame uh, with good defenses, where he's carrying guys five, ten yards. And maybe it's just a play here, a play there, but he's done it before. Is the point. And um, I think you know he's kind of, he's kind of a Midwest guy. And you got the sense from his comments he kind of he he wanted to get back to the Midwest and and. It, this place, I think, just feels like home to him again. It, it feels more normal than maybe it did out in L.A.
0: Yeah, I, I could see that. I mean, I, I definitely, you know, you look at the comments from the the story that he had to Steve Wilplung, Nebraska clearly sold him on running the football here. And I know their rushing numbers generally look good, but it's largely derived from their quarterbacks, and it certainly was in 2020. And so, uh, as always, with these things, it, we're going to be in a wait and see mode to see exactly how marquee step was used but we know that nebraska still has the ability to pitch running backs because step was someone that i think had a lot of attention coming into the portal i think people saw the recruiting profile and even just you know his performance over the last couple of years while not outstanding still showed you enough that this is a guy that with three years of eligibility you could certainly put into your program and and i think that it was good for nebraska to go get him, and now it's their turn to keep them happy and to feed them the ball and so we'll see uh, how they do that going forward the other big news as I mentioned this week you certainly you know I shouldn't even say this week the other big news since our last podcast uh, is the return of both safeties not one but both Deontay Williams Markel Dismuke, returned to Nebraska for their extended senior year if you will I I mean, I thought it was key that they got at least one of those guys. And we were on this podcast last week talking about defensive backs, talking about younger guys, talking about who might get an opportunity if neither return or they're not able to go into the portal and find someone. Nebraska gets both. How big is it to you, Brian, that this defense just continues to return starters?
1: Uh, It's huge, especially when the offense is in flux the way it is. At least you've got one side of the ball where right now there's – an arrow pointed up and there's sort of this feeling of they're ready to take the next step. And they should be, uh, they need to be a defense that becomes a, I don't think it's too far out to say now with all the guys returning, they need to be like a top 25 defense in a lot of stats. They need to be that type of group that leads the way that gets takeaways that, uh, plays with swagger, all those things. And I think they're, they're riding a high right now because they finished the second half of the season pretty strongly. And I think you also have to say with all these guys returning, it speaks very well to Eric Chenander and what he's got going right now with, with his group in particular uh, and those coaches that, that these guys would not be coming back if they didn't like what was happening uh, with that type of leadership there um, and, and who's coaching them and the stuff that was being drawn up defensively. So I think it's, it, is good for Nebraska. I think it also tells you that Shenander, who sometimes people would uh, whip on because they just wanted to pick an easy target and go for the defensive coordinator, has actually uh, done a pretty good job with the stats improving and guys believing in him, and I think it's starting to show right now. Runs.
2: Yeah, I mean, it's... I I think of the potential decisions that were out there, I mean, the, the safeties were the biggest the biggest ones in my mind outside of Jojo Doman, Um, you get one of those guys back, you might've still had to dip into the transfer portal. You get both back now. Do you guys, I guess, how do you guys feel about the depth situation at safety now where now you have, I mean, you've got miles farmer coming back from a pretty major injury, but you have four or five guys there that you feel pretty good about. Do you even need to, dip into the portal at that spot now do you think because I think even with with one you might have to consider it
1: I don't know that you do now I thought they would if like you say only one had come back but now uh they might be all right numbers wise some of that might depend on what they know about Miles Farmer um and whether uh his rehab uh you know hopefully he's ready by the, the fall uh but it's an injury that happened in December so there is some time there uh, but it was a bad injury. And so that the farmer injury always cast clouds to me over um, sort of the secondary situation. And it was why I was nervous for the Huskers a few weeks ago if they were going to have to completely remodel back there because I, I wasn't sure they quite had the answers at safety if farmers not around uh, to proceed. And so this is, this is a big deal that both those guys are back. And maybe Markel Dismuke isn't the flashiest player out there, but he's a guy who's trusted by Janander, a guy who they know understands everything and basically does his job in kind of workmanlike fashion. And then Deontay Williams, I don't know that we've seen the ceiling on him yet. I, I mean, he's a guy who had a really serious injury himself a couple of years back, and I felt like he was sort of working his way into the fold last season he had the game against Penn State where Nebraska probably doesn't win without him making that play on the strip sack touchdown Uh, so hopefully there's more of that in his future and maybe that was the reason he came back thinking if I can pile more of those games together even though I'm an older guy I can have a better shot at the next level.
0: Yeah, and, and I, I wonder, do you guys think that Jojo Doman's return made it easier for these other players to also want to come back and, and play for Nebraska, whether it was Cam Taylor, Britt, or the two safeties? Do you do you think there's any correlation there?
1: Um, I don't know. That's a good question. Uh I I there's something to be said for uh, one guy raising his hand in the air and saying, let's do this guys, you know, come on, I'm, I'm coming and maybe it's a, a little bit of a surprise where you thought that guy was gone and he's not. And it makes you think twice. It's hard to know if that played an impact here. Um, it, It's funny. If you had told, asked me like a month or a month and a half ago who would stay and go, I would have said Doman was going. I would have thought maybe Boodle was staying honestly uh, just cause he's a, you know, he's just been such a, staple over there. Uh, so things haven't worked out exactly as I thought, but I think they still might get stilly back. Maybe even by the time this podcast airs, who knows stilly and Honus are yet to announce. Uh, and so, uh, Doman did set a tone, I think. Any
2: other thoughts, sprints Well, I mean, you still have a couple of decisions left out there. Like Brian said, it, you know, you, you have stilly, um, Honus too. I mean, I would be surprised if either of those guys wasn't back. Um, So, you know, let's get into the Stilly one a little bit because he's the one that's interesting to me too because the defensive line took a big step forward. You look at the way that Nebraska kind of used its linemen as the season went on, and especially towards the end of this season, you had Stilly actually playing quite a bit in the middle with, with some different looks. And, you know, I think he's a guy that if he comes back and, and plays another year, I think he is still a guy where his best football is still ahead of him. You know, I, I think his, his career arc at Nebraska has kind of been a, just a gradual upswing. And I thought he was playing really good football in the last half or so of the season. And to me, if he comes back and – plays well i mean I, I think that that defensive front can once again be um you know a, a strength of this defense because I, I think it was this past season so that that's one that i'm really watching pretty closely because I, I think he's maybe overlooked compared to some of the other guys but i
0: think he can be a real important piece for this defense in 2021 so the ben stilly thing that you mentioned there i noticed too especially with the purdue and minnesota games nebraska was bringing him And it almost sometimes felt like they were doing it as like they would also have Garrett Nelson coming off the edge. And it was sort of almost like their four down pass rushing attack. You'd have two guys that were playing and sort of slide in as nose tackles slash defensive tackles. And then you'd have Nelson on one side. I I like the look of it. And I actually thought that that still pressure from the inside, particularly against Purdue led to some of those holds and, and some of the, the early, the early stuff there. And actually we have a little bit of breaking news right now on this podcast. Will Honus ready to go to work with this team for one more year. It wasn't Ben Stilley. It was Will Honus known talker. Will Honus breaks his silence and he's coming back too. We need like a break breaking news sounder.
3: Do, 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 do.
1: Yeah. Is it that, is, is uh, that nightline?
2: Yeah, I think so. Yeah. <laughs> it's the best I could do. That's fine. I gave you a train whistle and you guys poo-pooed it, so... I didn't. Uh, no one poo-pooed
0: it.
1: Well, Honus. Okay. What do we say about Will Honus, huh?
0: I mean, it's just another uh, another very capable defender coming back. I mean, you think about that inside linebacker room, you're likely going to have Luke Reimer, Will Honus, Chris Kalarovic. We see what they do of Nick Henrich. I mean... Barrett Rood now has a very deep room. Think all of these defensive coaches have to feel pretty good. I mean, you're, you're Mike Dawson. You get Jojo Doman back. You're Tony Tuioti. You're, you already kind of have the, the best depth set up of, of the group. You're Travis Fisher. You avoid having really green safeties and, you know, your other corner spot. You have Cam Taylor Britt at one, and then you're going to get Quentin Newsom and Braxton Clark, both of whom have experience to battle out for that fourth one. I I, I mean, Nebraska's defense one of the conversations that we can have is like what the next level is for them. But at the very least, they're going to be very solid, very experienced and a group that I think holds up really well. When you look at the rest of the big 10 West in terms of their offense. like there's not, there's not really that offense that scares me right now that I don't think Nebraska would be able to play with through a defensive perspective in the big 10 West.
1: Yeah, they should be solid. Um, and, uh, Will Honus is a guy who, I think, to be honest, there was some skepticism about him heading into 2020 from the fan base, and he he dealt with the, his own serious injury. Uh, and I think, um, let's see, 2019, I sometimes mix up my years. I think in 2019 he played okay, but he himself admitted uh, he wasn't maybe all the way back uh, from that injury yet. And I think this last year uh, we, we finally saw him just – fully let loose and he he was a very good tackler uh he's a big reason why nebraska's run defensive numbers were improved uh he was hitting his gaps a lot better than uh previous years and so um he's he's a big he's a big ad to be back in 2021 because I, I i think he uh, he can help those other guys still grow in the position like reimer and henrich and also, maybe it allows you some flexibility with Nick Henrich. I don't know that you want to keep bouncing him all over the place every week, but um, if you've got Kalarovich, Honus, and Reimer, you know now you 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 could work with three guys there and move Henrich around too, uh, so that it gives you some options.
2: That was that was gonna be my question: is what do you do with Nick Henrich? Because you play him. Yeah, yeah. Where I mean, he had a very very good finish to the season. Um, you you saw why he was coveted by a number of very good defensive teams in the Big Ten. Is his best spot given everything else um, inside or outside?
1: I don't know.
0: I don't either. I, this is good quality analysis. <laughs> <laughs>
1: no the the reason the reason I don't know is he he, he came in the last game at inside tackle and starts. They needed him. Reimer was hurt. And what do you have? Like a dozen tackles led the team in tackles that game um, and played very well. I thought, Uh, but also when he was outside and he was asked to do that, I think of one series in particular that show what he could be as an outside backer. And it was against Northwestern. And I don't know if you guys can remember it. It was like in the first half of that game and he affected all three plays on a series in different ways. Like he did it in coverage. He did it by getting the QB. I think he did it against a run on a play. It was like this funny, uh, like if you wanted to put a sampling together of your best work of like, here, I can do this, this, and this, he did it all in one series. And I remember walking away from just those three plays thinking like, man, that, that might be the spot for him. You know, like he just showed right there why he can do it all. And so that's, that's why I, I am so hesitant because I think he is so versatile like that, which is obviously a good thing to have.
0: I, I agree with all of that. I agree with all of that. Should we, let's take a break here. Uh, we'll come back and then we're going to dive into a conversation about Nebraska's running backs as it's set up for 2021, especially with the new addition of Marquis Stepp.
3: Get your quote today at progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust progressive progressive casualty insurance company and affiliates price and coverage match limited by state law.
0: All right. And we're back. I believe one Brian Christopherson might be quietly typing in the background right now because of that will Honus news. But Michael Brunson and I are going to be breaking down where Nebraska sits with running back. We talked a little about Marquis Step. Brunce, is there a guy, as you look at the returning running backs, with Diedrich Mills out, is there a guy that you see at this point in time being the, the, maybe the, the player you're most curious about in that running back room uh, beyond step and, and maybe steps biggest competition. Is there, is there someone that fits that mold? I guess, how do you sort of size up the, the, group of of freshmen they essentially have they're all freshmen that's the other thing that's sort of unique about the way that the pandemic has played into eligibility Gabe Irvin and Ramir Johnson are this same classification this fall (laughs) that's wild isn't it like I mean some of these guys are going to be like
2: 29 year old juniors by the time this is all said and done but you know, it's it's an interesting room. So, if you if you take Mills out of the equation, just going and looking at, I guess, Mills and Ann Wandale. Last year, you had Marvin Scott carry the ball 24 times. You had Ramir Johnson carry it eight times. And um, let's see, Ronald Tompkins five times. I, yep. Cooper Jewett got a carry in there. Yeah. Um, it's um, – I don't know. I mean, there's just so much that we don't know about a lot of these guys. It seemed like, you know, Ronald Tompkins was a guy that might have a little bit of an opportunity to steal some carries. uh, But that didn't happen. I'm intrigued by Gabe Irvin because, you know, he's a a bigger back as well. He's been in a productive program uh, in Georgia. But the guy that we have not yet seen, who I think kind of fits that, picture of an every down back that was Sevian Morrison you know he had COVID issues you he was hurt for for a portion of uh camp as well so we never got to see him on the field but he's the guy that most intrigues me because he was a a big play back waiting to happen in high school but he, he didn't uh get his shot that he to me is a guy that I think has a chance to get in the mix um you know depending on what happens at Steph.
0: Yeah, I, it's interesting because I I don't want to discount either Ramir Johnson or Ronald Tompkins, but the, the three players that I think are going to provide the biggest competition for Step would either be Gabe Irvin, who comes in and he's going to be a freshman that enrolls early and is going to try to give himself an opportunity to get some early carries. Marvin Scott, who I think was the guy that I liked the most out of the the group from last year, that includes De'Veon Morrison, who I'm going to mention next, uh, he, he kind of had a weird sort of tenure here too. And I I think having the normal spring ball and summer and fall camp will help out all of these guys, but certainly uh, these running backs. And then Savion Morrison fascinates me because he does have that big play potential. And that's one thing that we know. And we've talked about a lot, this offense lacks the other thing that he has. And, and I don't want to get into a duck, R discussion with it, but he has the ability that you could play him out of the backfield as a receiver a little bit more. And that is one thing that this team has not replaced at a high level since Maurice Washington left. And, and he was very, very good at that. And matching up, you know, linebackers struggled to cover him in that regard. That Wisconsin game in 2018 looked like it was going to be, you know, this sort of uh, portrait of what you do with Maurice Washington in Nebraska's offense. And I, I think if Sevian Morrison can do that in terms of also being a good running back uh, when, when giving carries, but can help them out in terms of the passing game, and, and can provide a little bit of a weapon there because he has a little bit of a longer body and and his strides are going to make it more difficult for linebackers to stay with him. I think that's quietly a big thing in this offense that they need. They, they sort of need to have that running back that can catch the ball out of the backfield. Mills, I thought did a fine job with it, but they were never that comfortable using him naturally as it was with all things. The Rutgers game is when he had his best, you know, performance catching the ball out of the backfield in 2020, but, uh, but we didn't see it really much prior to that in 2020 and 2019. He had a few games where he showed it as well. So I, I, I think, you know, those three guys stand out to me. And then with Ramir Johnson, Ronald Tompkins. I'm just not sure. I mean, I, I think Ramir Johnson has been here and it seems like Nebraska's hesitant to give him a ton of work as just a straight running back. Ronald Tompkins, you know, they, they seemed excited about, he gets to play against Ohio state and then he's just like, Put on the shelf to collect dust the rest of the year, and so Nebraska's usage with these running backs already baffling to begin with. Then you get into sort of even the the weird personnel choice decisions. It makes it kind of hard to handicap this race, and it also makes it easy to explain why we think Marquis Step is going to be the guy right out of the gates.
2: Yeah, I mean, it's if you kind of go through the snap counts of running backs from this year, I mean, it's obviously very heavy on mills. Um, you, you saw Ramir Johnson kind of be the primary guy to step in uh, against Illinois and Iowa when mills was out. And, you know, Marvin Scott kind of the same deal during, during that stretch too. He kind of split carries or split snaps with Johnson. So yeah, I, I'm with you. I mean, it's, it's hard, I think, to really handicap it too easily because, Nebraska has just kind of been all over the map with it and you know I, I Ramir Johnson is an interesting guy because I, I think you kind of hit on this on the message board I think with the duck R spot where it seems like it's it's talked about more I don't want to put words in your mouth but it's talked about more than maybe it's actually utilized it. yeah and
0: well, I think people have this idea that it's this magical solution to the offense. And quite frankly, I don't even know where it is in this offense. There's not been a single player that I'd be like, Oh, that was their duck. R guy. It wasn't Wandale. Wandale was too busy being your, their utility infielder playing everything.
2: Yeah. Well, I mean, would he have been the duck R if they would have had consistency at the running back position? I mean, that's, That's a, that's a fair question to ask. I think
0: it's possible. And then there's times where I wonder if Maurice Washington wasn't viewed as the duck are because they sort of utilized him very differently than any other running back they've had. I I really think we've undersold in terms of analysis, like it was an addition by subtraction because of what he was doing in that locker room and that program and they couldn't keep him. but they haven't replaced him. And I do think that that shows when you look at their offense in basically sort of what they haven't really been able to do since he left. I mean, he, he had such a big impact at times. Uh, you go to that Michigan state game in 2018, Colorado, uh, just the, the catch and the ability to score a 70 yard reception, basically out of the backfield. I mean, mm-hmm. it's hard. It's easy now to sort of point at it. And I think we missed it at the time and, and Nebraska certainly has missed it on their offense.
2: Yeah, no, I mean, he was, when you talk about needing more big plays, um, I mean, he, he was certainly a big play waiting to happen. And I agree. I mean, they, they don't uh, from, from a back perspective, they don't have somebody that we've seen on the roster right now that has the same kind of athletic ability or, or kind of game breaking ability that he had. I mean, obviously his issues notwithstanding, but um, yeah, I mean, I, Ramir Johnson. Could he be that guy? I mean, he was a, he's a track guy. He's got great speed. They haven't really gotten him in space. I don't, I, I don't think in a way that would really highlight that ability. Um, yeah, like you said, one, one catch. Yeah. Like you said, I mean, Ronald Tompkins seemed like he was going to be in the mix with a with the way he was used at Ohio state. We saw him, I believe in the Penn state game and that's it the rest of the way. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it's, kind of figuring out how that is all going to work is going to be fascinating this spring. Cause there's, there's a lot of guys and a lot of guys that have not had an opportunity or an ex- or, or have the experience to really slide in there and, and, and be counted right now.
3: Yeah,
0: no, I know. It's just it, it sort of becomes a bit of a, a shoulder shrug when we have to discuss the, the running back situation, because it's, it's not like it's ever explained why a guy like Ronald Tompkins just sort of disappears in the way that he does. And it's, it's nothing that, that seemingly he did wrong. It's just like they, they, one week of practice, he must've looked really good. And they're, they're putting him out there, you know, and it's just, doesn't make a lot of sense. Ramir Johnson had six catches apparently for 33 yards. He had a long of 17.
2: Okay.
0: I wanted to make sure that I was accurate there. Yeah. Six catches, by the way, puts you at it's pretty pretty good, right? Thirteenth in Nebraska's uh you know. Nope, I did that wrong. It's, he's 13th by yardage. If you go by actual catches, he is in the top 10. Yeah, he's eighth. That is that's embarrassing, so we'll start with that. But um man, Nebraska's offense. It's just it, it doesn't look any better the further you get from it it looked bad when you were in it it looks worse when you're out of it that's my take. Yeah.
2: well I mean that's with, with with what's coming back on defense and what's what's transpired on offense the past couple of years I mean that that's uh, that's where we're at storyline wise heading into the spring is how do you how do you fix it how do you change it what do you keep what do you get rid of I mean that there's a there's a lot of big picture philosophy type questions that I think need to be kind of sussed through with, with a lot of detail this off season, because, uh, you know, we, we obviously haven't seen what they did at UCF. It's looked different there. You're not really seeing an offense. That's a power run type setup uh, that you would think would probably be necessary or you need to at least show in the big 10. So that's, uh, I I think the running back room is a pretty good example, I think, of, you know, the the types of questions that need to be answered before Nebraska sets foot on a football field in 2021, whether that's in Ireland or elsewhere.
0: Well, and they are also the types of things that they verbally can't really be answered and depended on. You really just have to see it at this point. Right. All right. Well, we will – we will depart. As always, there's plenty of great stuff on these guys returning. On the new guys, we had stuff on Samari Touré and a murky step. Uh, certainly had coverage on Wondell Robinson leaving. Diedrich Mills going into the portal. Matt Farniak – or not portal. Excuse me. Diedrich Mills going to the NFL. Matt Farniak going to the NFL. Matthew Anderson going into the portal. Jared Bubak going into the portal. Will Honus returning. Deontay Williams returning. Markel Dismuke returning. Anything I missed in there, Bronx. We have coverage on all of it.
2: I, I think that's everything. I think well, at least in the last couple of weeks.
0: Well, that's that's everything in the last like, three weeks. <laughs> yeah, it or feels
2: it's, like it's it feels like it's been like a month the last three days.
0: And I would be remiss if I didn't mention if you wanted to get VIP information, if you wanted to follow along, and what has been a really news heavy, and I don't think it's going to stop. I think there's still some more uh, things that could be going on there. Now's a great time to jump into Husker 24-7. We have 50% off flash sale for new annual subscribers, 50% off on that deal. Brunce, what does that price point come to?
2: Uh, it's a couple dollars a month. Um, it's it's a heck of a deal, so don't miss out. It's a, it's a flash sale. We're flashing it, so uh, hop on board. We've
0: got less than $5 a month. And, uh, you know, you you get a bevy of things there. Plus, I don't know who needs to hear this, and we're going to start talking about this team a little bit. Nebraska volleyball is about to play. And if there's one thing we know, Nebraska volleyball is the height of Nebraska athletics right now. So if you're looking for a place for some coverage and some conversation about the one team that is going to make you feel good about Nebraska athletics right at this moment, we'll have that here as well.